If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cashback on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cashback. And did I mention there are no fees, period? Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank member FDIC. Good morning, millennials. Welcome back to the morning toast. It's Friday, Friday. Gotta get down on Friday. I have this microphone here that makes me feel like Christina Aguilera on the Disney Family sing-along last night, and I'm not afraid to use it. Hey, Claude. Yeah, she was the only one prepared with her equipment, not her janky little big town iPhone video. So we appreciate and respect a queen who has a studio in her house, much like us. Yes, she was prepared, technologically speaking, but she did have the lyrics on that little music stand in front of her. But you know what? I also respect like the fact that she wants to get it right. I also, I, I agree that she had her own little music stand and she still flubbed a few words. And you know what? I, I don't care. I don't, I don't care at all. We're going to talk about the ABC Disney Family sing-along. It is a story. I want to get all of your thoughts. I watched um, 45 minutes of it. I missed your Little Big Town thing. Um, I'm sorry that they triggered you. I know that that's really difficult for you to see Little Big Town on your television. It is. Um, thank you for respecting my boundaries, and that's really all you can ask for a sister. Um, yeah, no, we'll, we'll get into it because I have a lot of thoughts. I watched so much TV last night, so I was excited. I was literally up all night thinking, like, what am I going to say? Because it's very stressful to watch TV that you plan on recapping because, like, for the most mm-hmm. part, everything I watched last night, I just want to enjoy, and I don't want to be writing notes. And, like, sometimes when I'm really feeling, like, on top of my game, I start writing shit down, but I was just tired last night, and I'm just, like, I'm falling into a slump. You know, the the quarantine is a Ramona coaster. And I'm just like, this week has been one big downhill slope for me between like everyone just annoying me and everything being like ugly. Like I just can't. Okay. Well, yesterday I filmed my day in the life quarantine edition Patreon video, which will be up on our Patreon channel today. And like, I think it's interesting. I think it might be like super depressing. It made me realize that like, this is so sad. Like, it's so sad, this video. Also, I like kept dropping my phone. I just dropped my phone all the time during quarantine. So like the quality of the video just gets progressively worse because my camera is like breaking. It's so strange. Um, but I think it's actually good content. I know it's like me cleaning my shower. I think you got some good tips. I did my manicure and I feel like I'm actually becoming like an at-home manicure expert. So I'm going to share with you guys some of my tips and tricks because I have like one or two tips and one or two tricks. I think maybe yesterday was also a little bit of a downer for everyone because in New York, we got our quarantine extended another two weeks, which I think we all knew. I never expected to be able on May 1st to like run out and lick the subway, but something about it being so formal from Governor Cuomo's sexy lips that made it really um, depressing. No. It, it wasn't sexy whatsoever. It was deeply depressing. Yes, it's another two weeks, but it is another one whole month from where we are at right now. And I never expected on May 1st that I could be like dancing in the streets and we would have a black party. But I did think that like things would start coming back to normal. And I am devastated by the extra two weeks. And I, and I don't agree. And I'm very upset. I'm devastated as well. I think that I always thought June 1st would be like the breeding ground of somewhat normalcy. So we're still on. No, I thought June 1st. Oh, oh, okay. But we're still on track. We're still on track. But I just, um, obviously you always hope for something a little better than your expectations. You know, you set a low bar so that you're not disappointed. Yet here I am disappointed. Yeah. And it's just like, that's still so far away. That will mean that we have been truly, truly quarantined for two months. And like, things are getting better in New York. Like the numbers are going down. We are flattening the curve. So like in two weeks, why couldn't we just go get a San Sarah Fresco? I can't wait at a 50%, at a 50% restaurant capacity. Yeah, no. I mean, if we are flattening the curve like Dr. Burks wanted us to, then we should, like, I guess still do what we're doing. So, like, I get it. I'm just annoyed. Like, I I can respect the decision. I feel like if I say I respect the decision, like, I respect it, I start to sound like Vanessa Hudgens. (laughs) Yeah, no. I mean, it's terrible, but inevitable? (laughs) I can't, you guys. Like, these are – and if – I mean, if it is May 15th, that means we're only half of the way through. Like, this is actually the worst time. This is the worst time. 
and it feels like the worst time, you know, it's very much adequate. I'm feeling so down and I don't want to be negative. I, I know that people love this podcast because we are just a beacon of light. So I will continue to try, but just so everyone know, like I'm struggling and it's really the little things getting me through. Like yesterday, Passover being over, like that was a bright spot on a cold, stormy day. And I had cookies. Oh, and oh my God. Wow. I literally like just woke up 20 minutes ago and I had a dream that the gas in my building was back on. And for a second right now, I thought that it was real. Wow. I'm so sorry for you. Did you see the meatless bolognese I made last night? Yeah. It was hard to look like I wanted it when I had bolognese made of real meat. Oh, I wouldn't even know the difference. It was so fabulous. And your meat is always like undercooked. And every time you make a bolognese, it like looks good on Instagram. And then you tell us it was bad in person. So it's hard to really want yours either. Excuse me? <laughs> how, how, literally, how fucking dare you? I literally said one time my penny ala vodka tasted like vodka. And now you're throwing that in my face. Is that the kind of sister, friend, and co-host you are? Yeah, I guess just now that I had like my own bolognese, um, I'm just not going to take shit from you that it's not good enough. No, I'm just, I don't understand. Um, like you're not a vegetarian, but you eat a lot like a vegetarian because of like kosher restrictions. But in your house, don't you have kosher meat? Like why wouldn't you just make no, like the real- because, because your husband bought up and between your husband and Olivia, they bought up all the kosher meat in Manhattan. I can't get one ground beef crumble. So I had to get vegan meat. Well, and you know what? I actually, I actually liked it better because I don't have to worry about cooking it up like properly because it's pretty much ready. You just have to make it warm. So I didn't have to cook it in a pan before I put it in the meat sauce. I just had to heat it in the meat, in the sauce. So no, I just would like to speak on one of the allegations you just made about me and my family. Um, yeah. I don't know if you, I don't know if you're aware that like me and Ben went to the grocery store um, to get meat like four or five times before we actually could get it. Like it's not something like that you could just go and get, like you have to really want it. And it sounds like you don't want it. No, because I have made alternate plans. And you know what? I am living like a, a meatless a meatless life. And I'm just like walking the line uh, as Joaquin, drew for me, Joaquin Phoenix drew for me. And I feel good about that. You know, that is good. But you should just make sure you're getting all your iron. I don't want to see bruises on your arm. I have a, I'm living a plant-based diet. Like I feel really good about it. I'm glad. Just don't hurl accusations on your plant-based diet that I'm somehow eating all the kosher meat in New York because that is rude and people no, are going to okay, but like, for it. But you – okay, yeah. No, obviously other people are eating kosher meat in New York, but it is very hard to come by. And you know what? I have a lot of things like on my list of things that I need and kosher meat is like number 20 and I'm not, I'm not even past like number three. I need Clorox wipes except a toaster sent me a huge bottle of Clorox wipes and has saved my quarantine. That's really generous. See, that's where we differ. Like kosher meat was number one on my list for like two weeks before I actually got it. When you see me like clean my shower, you'll understand why I needed Clorox wipes. I think it might be really painful for people to watch because I'm like, it's like as if I'm using a toothbrush to clean my entire shower. <laughs> What's wrong with your shower that it needed to be cleaned so badly? It just like soap scum, you know? Mm -hmm. If you leave it, it just is wet and then it's dry and it's wet and it's dry and it just like gets kind of dank in there. And it's my favorite part of the day. So I want to make sure, like showering is my favorite part of the day. So I want to make sure that it's as premium as possible in these quarantines. I thought you meant that cleaning your shower is your favorite part of the day. No. I'm like, wow, you cracked. In fact, cleaning my shower is my least favorite chore of all the chores that I've chored. My least favorite chore that I used to do like just sporadically, you know, in between like the major cleanings, but now I find myself doing almost every day is just the floors. Like there's so much dust, so much crumbs. And I think I'm hyper aware of it just because of Theo and I don't want him like eating dust bunnies, but also New York is so disgusting. Like I live in a very clean apartment and literally every day there's new, new dust bunnies gathering in the corners. Dust bunnies. We have a dust bunny infestation. Like our apartment, I just, New York is so dusty it's, it's very bad. It's no good. It's bad. Yeah. It's bad. Okay. Well, I feel like without further ado, oh, there was one thing I wanted to mention because we spoke about the Draper James contest giveaway brouhaha yesterday. And I got some clarification from the teacher toasters and the quote unquote giveaway was initially not billed as a giveaway or contest. It was enter here 
teachers enter here to win a Draper James dress. The teachers had to give all of their information, like their teacher ID number, like very in-depth personal stuff to win this dress. And it turns out they only had 250 dresses and they weren't prepared for all the teachers. Then they started to give away discount codes so teachers can buy dresses and teachers are like, we can't buy these dresses. So the teachers were pissed. And I understand it. And so Reese did the right thing. She made a donation. All's good. Yeah, they literally said in their Instagram caption nothing about contests or winners. They literally just said while supplies last. And you assume that a company that's like, you know, backed by Reese Witherspoon, like has enough dresses to at least meet most of the demand, not 3% of the demand, less. Yeah. So that's that on that. Justice for the teachers. JFT. Okay, are you ready to get into the fast five stories that you need to know before you wake up and take a bite out of your morning toast? And yes, I am. I am. But I can't help, you know, noticing in my Zoom reflection, like how beautiful and glowy my skin is. And not to brag, but it has a lot to do with one of our new sponsors, Naturium. Driven by the belief that high-performance skincare should and can be non-toxic, skin-compatible, and affordable, Naturium was born. Their mission is to create safe, clinically effective, biocompatible products that deliver visible results with prices ranging from $16 to $25, yet efficiency levels that match or exceed similar products that are double, triple, or in some cases, 18 times the price. Naturium Formulas utilizes cutting-edge technology to harness the healing powers and ingredients found in nature. Naturium is proudly made in the USA, is cruelty-free, paraben-free, gluten-free, non-toxic, fragrance-free, and dermatologist-tested. While it may seem safe to assume that all skincare products would be compatible with skin, the assumption would be wrong. In fact, there are hundreds of thousands of skincare products in the market that have unsafe pH levels, utilize materials that cause irritation, and inflammation to the skin or are known to be toxic. We believe it's impossible it's po- impossible to achieve healthy nourished skin without with formulas that are unbalanced and un- incompatible and only use ingredients that either directly benefit the skin's health or support the integrity and effectiveness of our formulas. So Jackie and I have been blessed enough to use a bunch of the products from Naturium for like the last three weeks. And in quarantine, what else is there to do besides take care of your skin? So a lot of the cleansers and the moisturizers are just making us feel like a brand new woman. And look at my skin in the Zoom. Like you can't lie about the power of Naturium. No, same. Also in my Patreon video from yesterday, you'll see I use the retinol regimen, um, Binaturium, and I talk about how fabulous it is. And it's really been like my saving grace during quarantine. So sign on, get that skin right. Naturium is offering a special promo code for toasters to receive a free multi-peptide eye cream with any purchase of two items or more. Only at naturium.com, add an eye cream to any purchase of two items or more and use the code TOAST to receive your eye cream for no cost. That's naturium, N-A-T-U-R-I-U-M.com. The code is TOAST for your free eye cream. Check it out. Love it. That eye cream rocks, by the way. Totally worth yeah. it. Also, okay. an eye cream in general is just something that rocks. It's key. It's key. Okay, first story, Beyonce surprises Disney sing-along show with When You Wish Upon a Star. Beyonce surprised Disney fans and music lovers everywhere Thursday evening by popping into the entertainment juggernauts Disney family sing-along on ABC. Quote, I'd like to dedicate all... I'd like to dedicate to all of the healthcare workers who've been working tirelessly to keep us healthy and safe, she explained before her rendition of When You Wish Upon a Star, adding, we greatly appreciate you. Okay. This was so beautiful. I I turned on the show right as Beyonce was singing. So I was just feeling so blessed to have caught this. And I want to talk about the special. Okay. I want to talk about Beyonce really quickly because you know I'm like a newfound member of the Hive. And me and Ben were watching the Disney thing. And we were just pretty much fast forwarding through things that looked shitty. Um, And then we stopped because even though Beyonce's quality was nothing of the sort, like really looked like she was filming it on retro cam. I didn't care. She literally like... We, me and Ben were just like silent. Like we were dumbfounded at how beautiful her voice was. What a special song, you know? Like it just brings back so many memories like as a kid and to hear like Beyonce singing it flawlessly, like she was really excellent and brought another, she raised the bar, you know, for everyone around her. She did. And so overall, like, I don't know what I had in mind for this special. I think they did a pretty good job with technology and like making it less of like just zoom at home. You know, everyone feels 
filmed like multiple different um, angles and, and dance moves and almost was like harmonizing with themselves at certain points. So I thought it was really good, um, except that it was made completely and utterly for children. Like this was not for like big dopes like us or like nostalgic millennials. Like this was for parents who have children who don't know what to do with them and just got an hour of reprieve yesterday. And I am so thankful for them because like I, I think about those parents who are quarantined. Oh, who are quarantined home with their like tots, you know, not babies and not, and not young adults. They've got tots on their hands. They got multiple tots. And that is a lot of programming for a parent to have to do 24 seven. And now the parents are the teachers. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I felt like stupid watching it with like the little bouncing Mickey mouse at the bottom, like going from word to word. It was so dumb. But even though it was made for kids, there were a few things on there that were genuinely made for me. Um, one of them was being uh, was Tori Kelly singing Colors of the Wind, like, so fucking beautifully. Like, that song is, like, you forget about it as a classic Disney song, but it really brings you chills. And she is just, like, a star. Like, her voice is everything. I really, really enjoyed that. I also, obviously, really enjoyed the Gaston rendition, even though, like, everyone was off, their AirPods, like, were flailing about, and the piano guy, like, was singing another song than Gaston. Like, it was a mess, but it was fabulous. I agree. Gaston was pretty well done. Um, Thank God for AirPods, by the way. Like, what would everyone be doing in these situations without AirPods? everyone was wearing AirPods, literally even Ryan Seacrest. And it seems like Ryan Seacrest had like a very small TV crew in his apartment, in his wherever he was, because it was legit and it should be because he was the host. I just wish there was more consistency with people's um, technology. Like, to be honest, it was really cute, but like Thomas Rhett's performance was like a vocal disgrace. And like, I just needed everyone to have the microphone that Christina Aguilera had or Tori Kelly had. Like even Darren Chris's was really good, but like, where was the mic? Yeah, no, he was truly using Zoom. That was like the first full one that I saw. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is a lot. Like this is, this is a lot. But I want to talk about High School Musical because we were really excited about it. Like High School Musical has just been everywhere recently because it was the Toast movie of the day, the trilogy, and like Vanessa Hudgens, um, she respects it, but it's inevitable. Um, and they were teasing that Zac Efron, Zac Efron would participate. And I said on the show, like Zac Efron will not be getting down with the Wildcats. And I was right. Now here's my conspiracy theory. Okay. Are you ready for it? Zac Efron, like he is Ted Bundy. He's Philip Carlisle. Like he's not getting down with the Wildcats. That is no longer in his contract. Um, they made it seem as though he's like too remote to film a dance video that could sync up with the other dance videos. So he sent like a really sweet message because I didn't, I don't think he wanted to be seen as not participating at all. But I think my conspiracy is that they like lessened the quality on his video message to drive home the point that he's in such a remote location that he, that is why he couldn't participate. Where is he exactly? I don't know. Like in the woods somewhere? No, I definitely agree that, like, he wanted to be a very small part of it. Like, he wanted to make it seem like he wasn't an asshole who's, like, gotten too big for his bridges in Hollywood to, like, remember where he came from. But he didn't want to be a part of it with everyone else. Like, just to just to emphasize that there's some sort of separation. Like, he's not Lucas Grabeel, you know? Yeah. No, he he's not. And even, I would say the second most successful person is Vanessa Hudgens from, um, and he's not Vanessa Hudgens, you know? Like, he no. is... He's elsewhere in in the Hollywood sphere. I do want to mention, I don't know if you saw in the dance medley at the end that was once again uninspiring and a big letdown, uh, Charlie D'Amelio was there. Okay, Charlie D'Amelio was there. There was a lot of great cameos. And you know what? Even though like it wasn't in a gymnasium and everyone wasn't wearing like red and white track suits, which is like what I had envisioned in my heart. I know that can't happen. Um, I will say like I did get some chills uh, at certain points. Now, some of my favorite cameos were... Obviously, the D'Amelio family was kind of random. They had the High School Musical, the musical, the series cast, which was really perfect, except Nini was the only one who didn't have AirPods, and she used um, headphones with a string. So <laughs> I just think that that should be noted. The cast of Descendants was there. Dove Cameron, I saw her. Um, we had Pop and Lock and Jam and Break, Martha Cox with her kids. So cute. So cute. Do you follow Pop and Lock and Jam and Break on TikTok? I don't. But she, she comes really, up on my For You page. She really leans into her high school musical glory and the pop, lock, and jam and break of it all. So, like, it's really premium quality content. Interesting. Interesting. Um, oh, and Ashley Tisdale. I feel like she just kind of gets, like, I f- you forget about her in the high school musical realm. Yeah, no. I mean, 
it was just like really cringy. You could tell that all the parts were filmed separately, like they were scripted and they were piecing together. Like they weren't actually having a conversation. It was like, you know, Lucas Grebe, like, <laughs> I agree. Yeah, no, I know. And like Corbin Blue was like the, the narrator of the group. I have something to say about Corbin Blue. He was looking hot. Yeah, he looks good. He looks really good. And I like that he was like dancing around in his room with all the high school musical posters. Like that's obviously the room where he goes to cry. <laughs> also, Raven Simone was there. She did not know the lyrics and she could not be bothered. Okay, I have a, a major problem with celebrities who sign on to do things. Maybe they're getting paid, maybe they're getting not, and they just like don't do the homework. Very similar to like Tim McGraw and Faith Hill not knowing any of the words to Taylor Swift's song when she brought them out to her stadium show in Nashville. The song is literally called Tim McGraw, and neither one of them bothered to learn it. And to me, like that seems like you have no respect for like the people that you're working with, and I don't like that. I agree with that about Faith Hill and Tim McGraw, but like Raven Simone, 20 years later, doesn't need to learn the words to we're all in this together. Like she got the gist, you know? No, I agree. So like, why did they have her? Because she's part of that Disney legacy. Where was Hillary Duff? Ooh, I feel like Hillary Duff is like not on great terms with her Disney cohorts. Um, ever since like the rise and fall of the Dis- the Hillary Duff reboot that like got canceled, now it's back, and then it's canceled. And like she yeah. was pleading, and she was like begging for it to be on Hulu. Hulu. Yeah, so I don't know. I don't know either. But anyways, I ultimately I thought it was cute. I'm so happy for the parents who got that hour for themselves um and you know people they're trying michael buble showed up and like and ruined it and ruined it i need a break from him a major break okay are you ready for our next story um yeah you don't really look ready honestly well, I just put on lipstick. I, like, do the toast at my vanity, and I can't, like, be in front of my makeup and just, like, not futz with it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I'm doing it for my vanity also, but I haven't had that temptation to futz with myself yet. Well, I'm, like, yeah. hating the lipstick, but I don't have any uh, wipes here, so I think I have to keep it. I think it looks nice. It just looks okay. weird to wear <laughs> lipstick. It's like you don't put lipstick on a pig, you know? It's, like, weird to put lipstick <laughs> on a face with no makeup. Yeah, are you wearing no makeup? I was wondering what your makeup routine is for Zoom. Nothing. It looks good. So I'm like getting less and less by the day. So today I'm just foundation, mascara, eyebrows, concealer, lip. Soon concealer is going to go. Eyebrows and mascara and foundation will always stay. Unless okay. I'm just going to – at a certain point I'm going barefotched because like wh- I don't even want to put on makeup anymore. Like I want my skin to heal. It's like that um, – it's like that meme like we are the virus. Like what, what could my skin do if I stopped tinkering with it every day? Yeah, it's like everyone in quarantine has been able to like get their hair in a better place, their skin in a better place, and we're missing out. So I'm now fully diving. Like I'm not putting on makeup um, until probably June. Yeah, especially hair. Like I'm already done with my heat tools. You know, I should put them somewhere because they take up a lot of space in my bathroom. Like I can just set them aside because I have another month without them. Yep. I, I just, I just, I just. Okay. Princess Beatrice has canceled her wedding amid coronavirus pandemic. Princess Beatrice and fiance Eduardo Mapelli Mazzi, ooh, like matza, have officially called off their wedding in light of the coronavirus pandemic. The couple who were set to wed at St. James Palace in London on May 29th, with a reception hosted by Queen Elizabeth II to follow at Buckingham Palace, confirmed the news on Thursday. There are no plans to switch venues or hold a bigger wedding. They aren't even thinking about their wedding at this time, a spokesperson for the couple told People. There will come a, come a time to rearrange, but that's not yet. Yeah, that that sucks. That sucks, but you know what? Like, she's a princess. Like, at least she's not, like, losing, you know, out financially. Like, the, doesn't the taxpayer pay for it? Like, uh, yeah. let's give you a story about a real girl who lost her wedding. You know, like, great, a princess. There are so, there are so many. You know what I would do if, um, if my wedding were canceled, like, in and around this time? What? I was Hello? thinking about it because, because so many people, like when we were talking about the Aaron Foster thing, they were like, what would you do if you couldn't have your wedding? And so I thought about it and I would pick a weekend and I would say, everyone, we are going to Las Vegas and we are getting married because I wouldn't want to spend that money again, the money that I lost. Like I just couldn't, I couldn't part with it twice. So I would say, we're going to Las Vegas this weekend. I would invite anyone from the wedding who I was going to invite and we are getting married in a chapel. Yeah, I would definitely get legally married around the same time that I was supposed to get married regular just because, like, 
of course, a wedding's like about the party, but at the end of the day, it's about the actual act of getting married, and I wouldn't want to delay yeah. that. I could wait for a party, but not, I wouldn't want to wait to like start my life with someone. So I would, I don't even know if you can go to city hall, but like I would go to city hall, I would get married legally and then figure it out later. Like parties can wait, but like marriages cannot. Yeah, I agree with that. I just like couldn't go if like, if my wedding was canceled just a few weeks before it was supposed to happen, it means I've gone through all of the stress of planning a wedding. And I just, I wouldn't be able to do that again. Not even for a party later on. Like it just, for me personally, and for people who can do it, like they're just stronger than I am, but I wouldn't be able to. I would say, yeah. okay, not meant to be. We are going to Las Vegas, which we should be going there anyway, you know? And you know what? Maybe this quarantine has helped a lot of brides realize that they're like marrying the wrong man, you know? Oh my God. I wonder if like they're taking it as a sign. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Oh my God. If we have any Corona brides out there, let us know. Right into Dear Toasters next week. Totally. Okay. Next story. Um, Brett Eldridge has poured his life changes into a brand new single. Quote, this is the best I've ever felt. Brett Eldridge released new music today after years of just being MIA. And Literally. the song Gab- Gabrielle, co-written by the artist, reflects the rewards and realizations of his lengthy self-improvement journey. Quote, I wasn't going to come back into the public eye until I thought I had something very important to say, and it's going to mean something. It's been three long years since Brett Eldridge has recorded new music. But don't think one of country's most soulful crooners had to shake off any cobwebs when he finally returned to the studio. Quote, I stepped into that booth and the first song we nailed it, One Pass, the 34-year-old hitmaker tells people exclusively. Quote, it was the most excited I think I felt in a long time. Happy for him. This is Happy for me. So crazy. Like, who just goes out and, like, goes MIA at the – height of their career like before this he had released such a stellar album like it's one of those albums you could listen to five years from now 10 years from now and it's still just like beautiful and he is so talented vocally like such a weird thing for him to just like take a step back I feel like that's probably a smart thing to do um I'm so excited I didn't even know he was releasing new music today I knew that it was coming I just didn't know when I have missed him so much like I have the biggest crush on him and I'm really excited about this So he released actually four songs today. I started to listen to Gabrielle, which is the main song, um, before we were recording this, but it's just like too emotional. And I just wanted to set it aside for when I hit that quarantine vibe later, you know? Did you add it to the playlist? Oh, it'll be added to the playlist. But first I have to listen to it in full just to make sure. Uh, Speaking of incredible new music though, Kelly Clarkson came out with a song yesterday that was just everything of the sort and she came out with the song in like multiple languages it's her new project it's called i dare you and if you hadn't heard the song yet like you're missing out if you haven't heard the song yet i dare you i dare you to listen it's so good uh anyways brett eldridge has previously described many of the substantial life changes he's made in his quest for self-discovery taking up meditation and journaling undergoing therapy reconnecting to the outdoors and perhaps most shockingly in this day and age giving up social media and going to a flip phone oh i wish i had a flip phone then i, would I just wish i had it. a flip then i just wish i had a flip phone so i could like fucking slam it when someone like it's cuomo calling me another two weeks in quarantine flip Agreed. Completely agreed. Um, um, any, this is sweet. This go. is awesome. Yeah, yeah this I mean, is like, awesome. I'm, I'm happy for him. Truly know that I am. I'm happy for us that we're getting new music. I'm happy for him that he took the time to like make himself better at the height of his career. I'm sure that's a really difficult thing to do. And um, now we're getting new music in quarantine, which is just like such a gift in this time. I am so appreciative of artists who are still releasing music during quarantine because so much has stopped for people. And music is one of those things. Like at the beginning of quarantine, I wasn't listening to a lot of music. I was watching a lot of TV. Now I just like cannot get the energy to put my TV on. Like it almost makes me sad. I don't know why. So I turn it on at night when we have stuff to watch for the toast. But like during the day, I'm really listening just to the Quarantine's playlist, like all over the house. So I'm really grateful for people who are still releasing new music. Like I really, really appreciate it. Yeah, well, you know what? That's an amazing segue into our next story because um, Ryan Tedder has a hot take that I actually don't think you're going to agree with. Is it the story about Ryan Tedder that's brought to you by Daily Burn? Oh, obviously. Okay. Because all the gyms are closed, but you want to stay active and get fit? Sign up for Daily Burn at dailyburn.com and get give at-home workouts a try for 30 days for free. If you want motivation, Daily Burn's professional trainers have plenty to spare. And if you hate training alone, you can join a group session every weekday. There's programs that fit your needs and fitness levels. You can get 30-day free trial if you sign up at Daily Burn now, uh, 
dailyburn.com. As mentioned previously, Jackie and I have both cracked um, a long time ago. And working out in your house is actually a lot easier, in my opinion, than working out in a gym. Like, you don't have to see other people and, like, you could just go straight to the shower. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. So Daily Burn. And it, who would have thought, but it is amazing. <laughs> it's everything of the sort. So get fit, have fun, repeat with Daily Burn at dailyburn.com slash toast. So if you want to be eligible for that 30-day free trial, you have to go to dailyburn.com slash toast. That's D-A-I-L-Y-B-U-R-N.com slash toast. Check it out and, you know, get off the couch for just like 30 minutes. You know what's funny is we've been in quarantine for so long that I feel like even like though I've started working out from home, like I'm now ready for like new workouts, you know? So yeah. Daily Burn has been wonderful. That's great. Okay. Are you ready to hear this news about Ryan Tedder that I don't think you're going to agree with? I love Ryan Tedder so much. Like I'm definitely up there as some of his like top fans. So I'm ready. One Republic's Ryan Tedder says he feels it's quote tone deaf to release new music during the pandemic. <laughs> yeah. What? One Republic frontman Ryan Tedder says he feels it's toned up to release new music during the coronavirus pandemic. The musician, 40, that's interesting, explained in an interview with USA Today, not that I see age or anything, but if I did, I would say I thought he was younger. That no, his- I don't see age, but when age shows itself to me, it's shocking. <laughs> yeah. He said in an interview with USA Today that his band recently released a charity song better days about this time and space we're in, but only on the condition that the profits be donated to the Red Cross. Quote, I feel weird saying, come buy my stuff, check me out, he said. Meanwhile, people are sick and dying. It's very tone deaf. He added that it's also, quote, really hard to get anyone to pay attention to new music right now and noted that One One Republic's latest album has been delayed indefinitely until fall. I mean, okay. I don't think it's tone deaf to release music at all. I think music is very healing for some people, but I do think it's hard to get people to pay attention to new albums. And I think trying to get people to pay attention to new albums is tone deaf. Yes. I, I, as a, like a One Republic fan, it just seems like anything that they want to do, it's like just keeps getting delayed. And so like, that's what I took from this article as being the most upsetting. But what I also took from this article and just like people in general is like, here's the thing. Let's stop making general statements. Like, if you want to release music, that's on you. Like, just to blanket it as tone deaf, like, I can't deal with people being so pressed about what other people are doing. Like, I just spent so much time on Twitter yesterday, and it really got me thinking, like, how how many losers exist in this world? And it's really sad because a lot of them have Twitter accounts. And so many of them get so bent out of shape, like genuinely, like their insides get turned up just because of what someone else is doing. Like, I just don't know why, like any, everyone can't do like do what they want. And like, people could just shut the fuck up about it. Like it just, it drives me insane. Yeah. Well, I mean, now I'm reading more about this interview and like now I'm feeling RDH about this song that isn't coming out. He said, nobody can compete with the news cycle right now. And if you're not doing that, you're competing with Tiger King. We have this huge record that we wanted to drop in mid-May that we now won't. It's a summer song. It's like the Beach Boys. It feels like it's such a hit, but I'm not going to do it in the middle of a pandemic. Oh my God, please drop it in June, please. We literally dangling it in front of us and then snapping it away. The thing is, though, I'm not really interested in a summer bop right now, and I wouldn't listen to that because it would make me sad. It's like how we said about the Lady Gaga album. Like, I don't want to listen to that in this sad time and then associate this, like, amazing anthemic album with this sad time in my life. But, but like, by June, I feel like I'm going to need something. Like, please tell me I'm going to need a song that's going to make me want to get out of my house. And that's why with Songland Lady A, I really wanted them to choose that Long Way Home song because that's the song I want to listen to right now because I'm in my feelings. And that Champagne Night song like what champagne night what is what's a champagne they night didn't, they didn't know that at the time so i'm sure oh, that if no the pandemic I, coming they would have chosen the other song i'm not faulting them but maybe if there wasn't a pandemic i'd be sitting on my couch saying champagne nights choose champagne nights but i wanted the other one because that's what i'm feeling right now totally Totally. Okay. Well, our fifth and final story is also a little music news. This is just the one about music because music is one of the few small joys that we have in this quarantine. What are your small joys in quarantine? What are the things that like, just put like a little bit of serotonin into your brain? White Claw, which I haven't been able to drink literally since last week because I got so violently hungover, but I think tonight I'm ready. I'm ready to come back. Um, White Claw, 
any sort of games, like me and Ben, I've been doing a lot of puzzles, like anything that stimulates the brain outside of my cell phone is really um, stimulating. And then another small joy has been just like, you know, eating whatever I want. My toaster oven has been like a true joy. Like I can make bagel bites. I can make um, cookies. I made cookie dough in a matter was fucking delicious last night. My toaster oven has been a real joy. And Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Ooh, that's a good one. What of yours? Um, mine are music, the quarantine's playlist, like such fabulousness my Peloton and my at-home workouts, we actually are setting up like a little gym space in that member. Like when I took you guys on my home tour, we didn't know what to do with the second bedroom because we thought like the quarantine would be one week, LOL. Now we have like mats and weights and like we're doing all of our fitness programs in front of the TV. It's something. Um, Kindle, obviously, and like the Redheads Book Club, just like really been there for me. Um, Probably cooking as well, just like being able to eat what I want and make it for myself and heating pad like that's my best friend i feel that 100 that's my best friend that's my best friend okay fifth and final story our boy is just doing the best luke combs just wrote the song that says what we're all feeling six feet apart looks forward to the time when we can return to the way of life that makes us human luke Combs de- debuted a new song during his weekly live stream performances that directly addresses the ongoing coronavirus crisis and the social distancing approach to daily life it's called six feet apart it sums up everything we're all feeling thinking and dreaming about right now written by combs brent cobb and rob snyder the lyrics lay out the simple displays of humanity that may have been taken for may have been taken for granted just a few weeks ago, visiting with family, embracing a friend, going to a bar. Quote, I miss my mom, I miss my dad, miss the road, I miss my band. Giving hugs and shaking hands. He sings about going on to fantasize about the first things he'll do once we're free together again. His song is like our podcast in a song. Like, what are we going to do? What do we miss? What are we going to do? What are we looking forward to? What are we enjoying? He said he'll probably and there'll be shows someday when we aren't six feet apart. Yeah. It's a mystery, I suppose, just how long this thing goes. I think that's a direct quote from Dr. Burks. But there'll be light after dark someday when we aren't six feet apart. If you haven't watched his video, I think it's on his YouTube. I watched it on his IGTV. Um, it just says everything that we're all feeling right now. He wrote it in like one minute, like the you know, queen that he is. And yeah. it's fabulous. Like, to be honest, songs like, like that song really makes me cry for like a million reasons. I don't know why. And it's so good. And I just, I don't know how he could, but like he has to release it on Spotify. Like I need a real version of it. Even though the live version from his Instagram live that's on YouTube now, it's good. I could just really use like a studio. And it's, it's kind of how Lady Antebellum is really putting together those videos separately with the music and the vocals. And I feel like in quarantine, you could get a song release. Like all these big rich country stars, they have studios in their houses. Like they could do it. Yeah. I wonder if he has a studio in his house. If so, he could do it. And I agree mostly because I just want it in my Quarantine's playlist on Spotify. And um, I can't do that from an IGTV video. I also caught Ben, my husband, um, listening to it yesterday, like literally on the couch. He's like, did you hear about Luke Holmes's song? I'm like, excuse me? Wait, that's literally so crazy because my husband came in here yesterday and said, do you listen to Luke Holmes's song? And I actually hadn't yet. And I was like, no. And he's like, it's called Six Feet Apart. It's really good. And I was like, oh, okay. Thanks. That's crazy. <laughs> it was really – like, if you know us, you know that that's crazy. That is like, crazy. He doesn't even have time to spend on his phone during the day while he works. And all I do is live my life on my phone. And, like, he's telling me about hot new country music. You're telling me about hot new country music? It was so crazy. <laughs> um, should we dive into our TV recap segment that I believe is being brought to you by Article? Please. As the weather heats up and the days get longer, Article is here to make your dreams, your dream patio a reality. With weather-resistant dining sets, loungers, and sofas, Article's selection of outdoor furniture makes it easy to create your patio oasis just in time for summer season. And if you are someone who is lucky enough to have outdoor space, whether it's a balcony, a terrace, a rooftop, a backyard, a patio, you best be furnishing it to the nines because you're spending a lot of time there this summer and Article has everything that you need. They combine the curation of boutique furniture stores with the comfort and simplicity of shopping online. 
Article's team of designers focus on beautifully crafted pieces, quality materials, and durable construction. They are dedicated to a modern aesthetic of mid-century Scandinavian industrial and bohemian designs. Fair prices, they have up to 30% over traditional retail prices. You could save up to 30% over traditional retail prices. They're about, they're able to keep their prices low by cutting out the middleman and selling directly to you. No showrooms, no salespeople, no retail markups. I have a lot of their indoor furniture. It's absolutely stunning. And I was just video time, uh, FaceTiming with Lauren Elizabeth and she like redid so many parts of her house. Like a lot of it was from article and it looks so cute. Wow. They also have fast, affordable shipping. It's available across the USA and Canada, and it's free on orders over $999. All their in-stock items are delivered in two weeks or less. The best part of shopping with Article was that the shipping was crazy. Like, I placed the order, forgot about it, and then this man called me. He was like, hey, we're coming today. And I'm like, you are? It was fabulous. I wanted to kiss him on the mouth. Article is offering <laughs> our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. Go to article.com slash toast, and the discount will automatically be applied at checkout. So you have to go to article.com slash toast to get $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. Thank you, Article, for sponsoring a Real Housewives of New York recap. Sign on. Get beautiful outdoor furniture for those of us who can't. I thought that this episode of Real Housewives of New York was fascinating because as someone who lives in New York, I have heard for years, and the understanding has generally been that Ramona really runs in this, like, snobby crowd and the housewives are considered her like trashy friends and when dorinda came to the group she was one of like ramona's fancier friends and it was like a crazy um like mixing of the two so i feel like last night we got a real insight into the social life of ramona singer and i thought it was fascinating and i was it was so pertinent because in the news like for the past like two weeks this house joe farrell's house that's sandcastle has been all over page six that it was going for like the highest rental in history in the Hamptons and some family just rented it. It was all in page six. It's like, they didn't say who it was, but like this hedge fund guy and his family rented that house for the summer for $2 million, which just for the summer is the highest rental in Hamptons history. Wow. So did, does the rent start already? Like, are they there for the quarantine? So the article said that the guy wanted to get out um, with his family for quarantine. So they started now. Oh my God. What a dream. Like, just to get to like that house that has every activity you could possibly think of. And like you have it for the summer and you have it for the queue. Like, oh my God, take me with you. I need to meet these people. I want to meet toasters. and daughters. Yeah. If, you're, if your dad <laughs> is the guy, hook us up. Please help us. <laughs> it's just all very meta. You know, it was like the sandcastle and it's like 30 million and I, it was all coming yeah. together for me. Okay, so it was definitely interesting in terms of, you know, like the social hierarchy of New York City's elite, but it was deeply cringeworthy, like seeing these women in, I guess, a scenario, like in a social circle that they don't belong in. But to me, like, they're so, like that, they're my, you know, top tier. They're celebrities, they're on TV. Who are you? And, you know, and they also, like, they do have money. They're not like these, like, <laughs> I don't know, just they just were acting like they were. Sewer so rats. Different. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It made me really kind of uncomfortable. And it's like Sonia Morgan, like her last name is Morgan. Like it's not. And even when Tinsley said in her confessional, like Ramona, you're pretending to live this life that like Sonia actually lived. So I kind of understand why Sonia like went so off the deep end because I'm sure this was like, one, she was so drunk and two, I'm sure this like brings her back. And she just, I'm sure she worked so hard to like break free from that life and be her own person that she's not gonna let anyone tell her she has to behave this way in this sort of house. It looked like the least fun party I've ever seen. The women were dressed like so fucking randomly like they were each going to a different event and that is a theme with the real houses of new york like they need some sort of stylist not for individuals but to tell them like this is the vibe we're going for like it's so messy like look at the real houses of beverly hills and i understand not everyone is the real houses of beverly hills but the real houses are of new york are fabulous even when bethany was on the show like two seasons ago they were in the hamptons and bethany was like what are we wearing we all look like we're going to like some different and crazy event I would actually say that the best dressed person, the most appropriately dressed person for the occasion um, was Leah. Oh, I totally disagree. I thought she was- Except for- Except for the jean jacket. And also, and also, these women need to stop wearing crossbody bags. I'm sorry, but you're not in college going from frat party to bar to downtown and you need to have your whole life in your purse. Like, get a small clutch. Come on. I don't think that anyone- Like, I'm- brutal about crossbody bags. I really am. But like, I just don't think that adults like should be wearing crossbody bands. 
I agree. I don't agree with the, with the, um, Leah outfit. I think she was like heavily underdressed. That's something like you would wear to surf lodge. I really thought Tinsley looked good. She was slightly overdressed. To be honest, the only person who really, whose outfit was appropriate for like the boring old crowd was Dorinda with her pantsuit. Like she fit Um, in. Yeah. And I, I think it was Poochie. I agree. Like Ramona was not dressed appropriately. Ramona was on a revolve trip in Jamaica. A hundred percent. And she's telling everyone else what to wear. Like it was really. I'm sorry, wait, wait, I have a question. The literally, how can we have this conversation without talking about the atrocity that was Luann's outfit? Oh my God. Just really the shoes. But it's so weird because I feel like Luann always does look right. She lives in the Hamptons pretty much. Like how did she miss the memo on what to wear to this big party? They just look like a hodgepodge disaster. I also feel like Ramona did not give the group like real, um, a, a good idea of what they were going to. Like, they didn't know this person. Like, Tinsley had gone on a date with him. So it was like a group of people they had never met. Ramona made it seem like she was hosting a party, but she wasn't. She was invited to a party and brought all of her friends. It was like the worst looking party of all time. I can't believe that they had to suffer through that. Like, not only did the party not look fun, like, I agree, going on a tour of someone's house, like, unless we're friends, like, I don't want to take my clunky ass heels, walk down and up your stairs and like play bowling in my dress. I just don't want to do that. And I agree with Dorinda. It is so tacky, especially in like such a big house to like ask for a tour. I agree. But I just, I think there's a special place in hell for Americans who label things as so American. Like, okay, we get it. You lived abroad, bitch, but you're fucking American. Retweet. Retweet. (laughs) Retweet. Like touring a house can be tacky without it being so American. Like, why do you have to bring the whole country into this? Yeah, no, it's just like in these like in these tough times and in the current climate, like we're already a nation divided. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> it I was totally just like agree. I hate that. But she was right. Like all these women like running around Joe Ferrelli, like, hee hee, bowling alley ATM. Like it's so mortifying. Like they've never been in a nice house before. It was shocking. Like these are it was it was truly it was so uncomfortable. I've never seen any real house I've of anywhere like act like so ooed and odd by just a little bit of money. Like, I thought you all guys come from money. Right. And that's why the episode was particularly depressing because one, it really was a very, um, you were looking in the mirror and like, you couldn't deny the fact that like this franchise has fallen far. Like these women, like the women at the party, like those are the real housewives, like not these trash bags rolling in like with their camera crew. And it was also a really sad episode because I don't think I've really ever watched a, um, a housewives gathering at a party that wasn't theirs. Like they were very much guests and they were very much like a a spectacle and like everyone was looking around and it was just really sad to watch. It was like, it was so sad. Sonia was legit off her rocker. I was crying when she put her belly up to that man's belly and said, <laughs> Be- belly to belly, who are we? I was like, <laughs> okay, Sonia was making me die. Like when she was at the um, winery and they were all sharing like what makes them vulnerable. And like she, I love when Bravo does those montages of people just like talking, talking. She got, I got one foot in the nursery. We're going to be big babies. She was being so funny. Like the I just- in plaster. <laughs> Yes. I just wish she could have stayed like in that level of drunk um, for the whole day, but things spiraled, obviously. And I think when everyone went home and napped, she continued to drink, which was obviously a mistake because she was, and it's like, I was feeling so conflicted. It's like, Ramona is like so obnoxious. She's like the worst type of friend. Like you would never want her as a friend. She's always looking over your shoulder to see who's behind you, who's better to hang out with. But at the same time, like she was being like embarrassed of her friends, but her friends were being embarrassing. They were being so embarrassing, mostly just Sonia, honestly. I thought Tinsley and Leah handled themselves correctly, but also you don't go day drinking and then like Sonia's behavior was perfect for like a trip in Miami, but you don't take your friends to a winery and then continue to drink at home and then bring them to this party where they have to act like they're in a penguin suit. Yeah, no, it was, it's almost like Ramona set them up because like she left the winery early. She went to the date. Like she was obviously composed the whole day. Yeah, and then the woman who came up to Sonia and called her a trophy wife. Elise. That was, like, really crazy. And then Sonia called Tinsley a trophy wife. And then Tinsley was like, I met my husband in high school. Like, you married a 100-year-old. And then Sonia was like, I don't shave my pussy. And that was the end. She was like, I'm not a trophy wife. I don't shave my pussy. That was so crazy. But honestly, next week's episode looks even crazier because Leah gets turned. 
Oh yeah. And like they totally um, trash Ramona's house with the vibrator and the chicken and the broken champagne bottle in the pool. Oh my God. I was laughing so hard when I saw the preview. I'm really excited. And I'm like looking forward to them trashing Ramona's house a little bit. Like don't throw a party and have girls drink. And like even a girl who like, it's like when she's not drinking, she's boring. And then when she's drinking, it's like, oh, there's a dildo in my chicken. Yeah. That's too much. <laughs> um, she tried to Luan. tell you guys. She legit tried to tell you guys. The Luann saga, it's very strange to me how Ramona's really kowtowing to Luann's demands. And it, it reminds me how last week they had that very strange dinner. Like, there's some sort of weird arrangement between Ramona and Luann that they're, like, not going to fight. Um, because they both rely so much on this show. And, like, they can't, they can't not be on this show. So, I, I normally, Ramona would have never apologized. What Lu- Luann's text was fucking insane. Yeah. And by the way, one spider does not mean it's raining spiders. And talking about someone's house like that is actually so rude. Like coming up after you're staying in, even if you don't like it, coming up to breakfast being like, Ramona, you've got a heating problem. Ramona, you've got a a spider problem. Like it's just so rude. And to be honest, I agree. Luann shouldn't have been in Ramona's house. She lives in the Hamptons. Like she could have spent the night. She doesn't even drink. She could have went home to her house, but she made the decision to come and stay. And she kept going and coming and going and leaving like stay or don't stay. Yeah. Also, um, last week we were wondering why Luann just didn't stay in the room that Tinsley was in. And then Tinsley and Leah could have shared that, uh, twin bedroom. But, uh, Ramona did say that Luann didn't want to share a bathroom with someone that she didn't know. So she chose to be downstairs. And the more I think about it, the more I know for certain that Ramona gave Dorinda the best room because she wants the best room in the Berkshires. And like, I, that's totally going to come up. Of course. And that's the only reason why Ramona even invited the women to stay at her house. She's never had all the women stay at her house. She sometimes has Sonia, but she's never had all the women. And she did it just so she could get a good room in Great Barrington. Yeah. Honestly, I'm glad they're all staying there. It looks really fun. I can't believe next week they're still there. Like, I thought the trip was over. This was a perfect trip. And next week, like, it's spring break at Ramona's house. No, it looks so fun. And I also love the little tidbits of information that Ramona's house is valued at $8.5 million. Yeah, it's a really nice house. That's why I don't understand when they go to a house that's, okay, nicer, but, like, it's it's in the same sphere. Yeah, no, it's an $8 million house. It's on the water. Like, it's, she just renovated it, which I think really um, she did to, like, up the, the appraisal because she added a ton of value. It actually looks good. Like, even though it's not everyone's taste, it's clean and renovated, and that's all people look for in the Hamptons. So, oh, also, um, I actually found Ramona's house on a um, – a summer rental website. I was like, that house looks familiar. I mean, I think that we like really should stay there. I think we should rent it for the whole summer. I would absolutely love to. Um, anything else about Housewives before we jump into uh, Kardashians? Nope, that's it for me. Okay, so we're going to jump into our Keeping Up with the Kardashians recap, which is brought to you by Fiverr. Finding freelance talent for your business or project, sometimes you need to Pivot quickly to meet a goal, or maybe an unexpected obstacle occurs, making it impossible to meet your deadline with the size of your current team. So where do you go to find on-demand talent? How much will it cost? It can, how can you be certain that they'll deliver? Finding the right freelancer can be time-consuming, frustrating, and expensive, but Fiverr's platform helps keep businesses moving with a network of trusted freelance talent. And it's a bustling business. We are always looking for graphic designers, video editors, audio editors, and Fiverr has been super helpful in A, helping us find people, and B, knowing how much we're supposed to pay so we are not, are not getting like swindled on Craigslist. Whether you're launching your first business, scaling your current business, or in need of extra support to complete a project, Fiverr is here to help you evolve, adapt, and grow. Fiverr connects businesses with freelancers who offer hundreds of digital services, including graphic design, copywriting, web programming, film editing, and more. You can find what you're looking for instantly, searching by service, deadline, price reviews, and more. You'll know exactly what you're paying for upfront because there's no negotiation needed. Plus, they have 24-7 customer service that you can count on. Their sellers have worked with some of the most influential brands in the world. Check out Fiverr.com today and receive 10% off your first order by using our code TOAST. That's F-I-V-E-R-R. Code is COAST. Find all the digital services you need in one place at Fiverr.com slash TOAST. Again, that's Fiverr, F-I-V-E-R-R.com, code TOAST. Love it. Okay. Keeping up. Keeping up. It was another mundane episode, but to me, the difference in this week's and last week's episode was huge. Like I didn't feel like this week we were being swindled, hoodwinked and bamboozled into thinking some of this shit was real. I thought this episode was like so sweet. Um, Kim has not been in the last two episodes really at all, which I find interesting. Like maybe she was just busy at that point in time, but as someone who like 
really carries the show. It's, it's weird to see her not be there. Yeah, but I think everyone else really pulled their weight, and I think Kylie totally stepped up. Um, even though, like, her scenes with Stas were obviously scripted because, like, she doesn't film all the time, so they wouldn't catch that candid conversation where she just, like, realizes she needs to get her eyes done. I didn't care. I absolutely loved seeing Stas. Like, I think she w- is really a great foil for Kylie on television as a character, and um, I would love more. They're just, like, so glam. I love how they're always twinning. Like, are they having sleepovers? That's so fun. Yeah, does Stoss live in Kylie's house now that there's no. an extra bedroom since Jordan moved out? No, according to Stoss's Instagram, like she has a place of her own, like she does her own thing very much so. But like they have sleepovers, I think, after they go to the movies with their friends. Like how fun is that? Yeah, no, like their life seems so fun. And honestly, the LASIK eye surgery was freaking me the fuck out. Like it's literally so creepy to like touch your eye. But it was actually very cool. A new editing thing that they're doing is splicing in like old home videos and old episodes of the Kardashians with the new stuff, like when it's appropriate. Like Chloe was jumping in the pool as a kid and then Chloe's sitting out by her pool. I liked that a lot. It's almost like they have so little content because nobody wants to film that they're now relying on home videos and old episodes. No, but I, I don't mind it. And it is crazy that we did see Kim get LASIK like 10 years ago. And now Kylie's going through the same thing. Um, when Kylie and Stas were like drugged up sitting at the doctor's office with their eyes closed, just smiling. I was laughing so hard. They were just like, yeah, they're, they're like little so puppies. Cute. They really look alike. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure they just like go to the same doctor. Yeah. It was fabulous. I just love seeing Kylie's house. Like we don't see enough of it. And what I find really interesting is that Kylie's house that she lives in is like not as, it's not what you would think for a billionaire, but at the end of the day, it's just like her and her baby. Like how much house do you need? But like most billionaires would have like literally a hundred thousand square foot house just because they can, but she has just as nice of a house as like Chloe and Courtney. Like, but she's obviously a lot. Honestly, I think that's cool. I think the same thing. Like when you're in her foyer, like it's not like she's at Jeffree Star's house. Like she lives in a very nice house. I think Chloe's house is bigger. I think Courtney's house might even be bigger. Courtney has more kids, obviously, but Kylie like doesn't live so crazily compared to what we know she can afford. Yeah. And it's like when she moved out of the house at 18, Chris gave her that like regular house. Like it was Kylie bought it, but it was like a regular starter house like the houses that Courtney and Kim used to live in then when she started making a lot of money on Kylie Cosmetics she moved into this house which was like the same level as her sisters but she has been in that house for a few years and her finances have far exceeded her sisters and she hasn't moved out which I think is really cool I think it's cool too like even when she does her YouTube uh, videos of like cooking with Stormy or her her um Christmas decorations like she has you know, an entrance and stairs and a living room and a kitchen. Like it's just, it's cute. It's not like she has an elevator and like all this crazy shit. It's just a really, really, really nice home. I agree. Um, Um, what else? Oh, the stuff with Kris Jenner in the photos. Like I thought that was so funny. Hysterical. And I love that. Like they really tried, like when the production person said the thing about Chloe's nails, it's like, yeah, no, that would have been a dead giveaway. Like they really were trying to drive it home. I thought Tracy did a great job. It was just, it was really funny to see. And I love that they're going for a long-term prank. Like they're not just looking to be like, gotcha. Like we didn't even see the photos yet. Like I like that this is, they're trying to emulate like the Todd Crane's magic that lasted over an entire season. And I'm excited because I love a good prank, a harmless prank. Me too. And I also, I loved the Art Vandalay prank. Like I thought it was genius and hilarious and that also lasted a long time. So I'm here for Chloe and Scott, like cooking up some mischievousness. Yeah, it was cute. Um, I also just really love Kris Jenner and I feel like watching Kardashians, especially when she's always like momager or whatever, but when she's like really being mom, she's like so funny. Like I just loved watching her take care of Kylie. It's obvious that no, Kylie- when, when she was pulling the taco out of her mouth, I was getting really annoyed. No, but like that was funny and cute. And like that's a Chris Jenner I love. And I feel like Kylie's definitely her favorite, but Kylie really like loves to hang out with her friends. And Chris was just like loving like being needed by Kylie because she like never really is. And I just Until I she love- left. <laughs> yeah. But I just love seeing her as like a mom. Do you know what I mean? Yes, I agree with that. Like she just is like cooking up tacos. Like, how do you not have the salt? Um, but I really was just getting really annoyed for some personal reason of when she was pulling them out of her mouth. Like it was just bothering me. There's a special place in hell for people who take food away from other people. Yeah. And just like tease them with food four times. Yeah. Oh, Malika told Chloe that she was pregnant in quite possibly the strangest way ever. Completely agreed. 
like, what was with the Atlanta the thing? Like, that was so weird. No, it was so weird. Like, I still don't get it. Are they moving to Atlanta? No, and it's like, no offense to them, but Chloe, like, what kind of work could you guys be doing in Atlanta? Like, what do they do? Like, maybe if they were uh, filming something, maybe they, maybe they act, or maybe, like, Malika would be doing another reality show, like, relationship coach. What is it called? Love Boot doctor? Or whatever. Yeah. Famous sex love? Famous, famous in love? Single. Famously single. Famously single. <laughs> yeah, no, I just thought, like, for someone who's been Chloe's, like, best 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 friend the whole announcement lacked like any real joy and it was like such a weird way to say it like it was kind of cringy it was very cringy i totally agree and then i guess the final storyline is tristan and chloe co-parenting very cute i hope that the sperm donor that she references in the next episode is tristan and i'm here for it i i found that whole um saga to be like a little sad like i get what chloe meant it's like i have never had to co-parent but like it's like, it's Chloe's baby, you know? And tr- the Tristan scenes make me so uncomfortable because, like, he's so trying so hard and he's, like, so lame and cringy, like, with the stuff that he says and the Dior bags and stuff. But at the same time, like, this is the guy that kissed Jordan. Like, how are we supposed to, like, f- separate? I don't know. Also, what was so interesting was when Tristan was trying to, like, get Chloe to stay and he was like, Coco takes Cleveland. And she was like, that could have been a great solution if you were open to that sort of thing. So it's clear that when she was in Cleveland, like, he was not down to film anything, making her life even more difficult. But my, 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 how the tables have turned. And I'm just loving watching her make him eat shit, like, time and time again. Like, she will not let him back in. Like, he is just doing everything and she is humbling him. And I'm loving that. Yeah. Me too. It was a good episode. It was a good episode. It was. It was very good. Um, Thursday nights are a great night for television. I'm so glad that it's Friday. Um, I need to embark on my weekend. I just have like so many crazy plans and it's going to be wild. Uh, We hope everyone has a great weekend. Stay safe. Try and stay simulated. Thank you guys so much for listening to The Morning Toast. The Millennial Morning Show, where we go live Monday through Friday, 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time on YouTube. So if you're watching us on YouTube, please feel free to subscribe and give this video a thumbs up. We're also available as a podcast anywhere podcasts can be found. So that's Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Public Radio, iHeartRadio, CastBox, all the places. So wherever you listen to podcasts, find us. The Morning Toast and leave a five-star review. How about how beautiful, stunning, and smart we are. Have a great weekend, guys. Have a great weekend, everyone. Um, head over to patreon.com slash the morning toast for more content, including my quarantine day in the life video. And then we have three more episodes after that coming at you this month. Also make sure to check out the redheads. If you're looking for something to do this weekend, read the latest redheads book and listen to the episode because I worked really hard on the audio and it's really fun. And I think you'll really like my friends. With that said, have a great weekend. Bye.